Going through the Psalms of Ascent in the podcast series I'm doing, and we did Psalm 121 last week, and we're going to look at Psalm 100, 120 last week. We're going to look at Psalm 121 uh, this week. And the title, if you want it, is Who's Looking After You? Who's Looking After You? Who's Looking After You? That's what we're going to be talking about today from this incredible psalm. They may, may remind us of what we're doing here with these psalms of ascent. They're psalms 120 to Psalm 134. They're the psalms sung while the people of Israel were on pilgrimage from their family, their village, on the way to Jerusalem for one of the big feasts to the city, to, on a hill, on the mountain, the mountain of the Lord, uh, the city of the Lord, to the temple, the Holy of Holies. They're going from a place of distance from God perhaps are surrounded by pagans on their way to be refreshed by time with their great God, the presence of God reminding them of who they are as the people of God and reminding them of who God is, their God, and not only their God, but the maker of heaven and earth, which is part of what we're going to be talking about today. So that's what's going on, and they're on a pilgrimage, and in many ways we are on some kind of pilgrimage right now, not only generally through our Christian life, but we're going through a particular period of, well, a valley of a shadow of evil, it feels like, right? So as we go through this together, I think we can learn a lot of things from the way the psalmists prepare themselves, or the psalmist and his fellow pilgrims prepare themselves uh, and hold on to God and think about God through their journey. So that's the idea. Let's read our psalm, Psalm 121, beginning in verse 1. It reads thus, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Our psalm. I don't know about you, but one of the themes that I, I, in my life at the moment, and I'm thinking about people around me, is who's taking care of people. And we've got people volunteering to help. I appreciate what you shared earlier, Asagi, about the, uh, the chap you met in the supermarket. And he needed a chat. In a sense, he needed someone to look out for him at that point. And, and we know we have friends and family who are somewhat vulnerable and who's looking out for them. But perhaps you might be feeling like, who's looking out for me? We're, we're all in some way or other vulnerable, whether it's because of the virus directly threatening our health or whether it's because of the, the knock-on effects of that in terms of finances and job and career and pension plans and all kinds of things. There's a, a knock-on effect. Um, and we know that I'm sure Boris is doing his best and we need to pray for our leaders uh, but he's ultimately not the one who's going to look after you and me. Uh, we appreciate the NHS generally, just the whole of the NHS so much. 
it was great to hear all the people clapping for the NHS on uh, was it Thursday, I think, and to see it spread around the world. I had a message from Singapore today, someone referencing that and saying how amazing it was. But the NHS are going to do their best, but they ultimately can't take care of our soul and our spirit. Alcohol gel can only protect you so far. Social distancing can only protect you so far. Who is our ultimate helper is the big question. And how do we feel about that? So let's talk about some things to do with what we learn about uh, God here, Yahweh, in this uh, psalm. First of all, who is this that says he will look after us? Who is this that will look after us? Now, we've got the psalmist here, and he's recognizing that there are that he has fears. So when he says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? He's talking about two different things, probably. The first is the mountains were the place where the bandits hid. So if you're on a long journey, and bear in mind in Israel in the first century, I mean, there were no street lights. Um, there, it was incredibly dark. There's no light pollution. If you're out there at, at night, you're very vulnerable to wild animals and bandits. Think about the Samaritan who was attacked by bandits on the road down to Jericho. So uh, he's thinking, you know, there's danger up there in them hills. Is part of what's going on. Who's going to look after me? But also for Israel, there was the idea of the mountains being the places where the high places were to the false gods. So the gods that, as you know, Israel was tempted to and often too sadly did worship through their history. The uh, the gods of the Baal, Asherah, and uh, Molech, and other gods. And so their their places were up in the hills. There was only one hill for worship, of course, and that was Jerusalem. But there were other hills, other mountains where these other shrines were set up. And you'll know if you know your Israelite history that too often God's people went up there to worship and they were ensnared by those gods. And so I think what's happening here is the psalmist is dealing partly with his fears about his vulnerability. The bandits could come from there. And partly he's dealing with his temptations of looking to the wrong place for his security, the, the false gods. And we are living in a topsy-turvy world where the, some things that used to frighten us don't. And some things that used to give us security don't. Um, our topsy-turvy world means that at the moment, toilet roll seems to be the most precious commodity available to humankind. I heard that my brother-in-law went shopping the other day and found somewhere with big packs of 48 toilet rolls and didn't buy any. I was thinking he could get some for me. I was a bit ticked off about that, but never mind. Um, our topsy-turvy world is doing something to our own minds and hearts. The other night, I was out yesterday praying, and it suddenly came to me that I remembered that I'd had a dream that previous night. And in that dream, I'd sworn really badly, like a bad swear word. And this is I, this wouldn't cross my lips normally, um, but in my dreams at least, I'm swearing. Something strange is happening to me. Maybe you're feeling rather strange. Uh, I found myself on practical terms. I'm, I'm recharging my phone several times a day now because I'm on the phone so much with video calls and things. It's just changed the way I, I live. Maybe like you and me, maybe like me, there's a change to your television viewing habits. I'm actually watching less television at the moment for one reason or another. I don't normally watch the news all that much because it's so negative, but I am watching it every day now. It's changed the way I live in that way. Ordinarily, if you're walking down the street and you see uh, a neighbor or, well, somebody, maybe a stranger, uh, walking towards you on the same side on the same pavement as you, if you cross to the other side to the other pavement, they would think you were being very rude. But these days, if you cross to the other side, your stranger walking towards you will actually think that's a kindness and probably give you a wave and a smile. We, the world is really 
strange in the way that it's um, messed up. So we're all a bit confused. And let me share one thing that happened to me this week. I, I had a shave two days ago. And after my shave, I put on uh, normally some uh, aftershave balm because I'm getting old and wrinkly and, and all that. So I have to do my best to look after my uh, skin. And um, so I, I'd finished my shave and I reached into the basket next to the sink and uh, put some thing on my face. I, I put put some aftershave balm on, on my face. And after I spread it all over my face, I suddenly realized it wasn't aftershave balm. It was hair conditioner. And I'd put hair conditioner all over my face. In fact, there you go. There's the bottle. I put this stuff all over my face instead of this uh, aftershave balm. The two bottles don't look the same. They don't feel the same. They're different shape and different size. And not only that, this hair conditioner actually is normally in the basket next to the sink, whereas my aftershave balm doesn't even live in the bathroom. It's in a drawer next to my bed. It, so I, I, my brain has been so scrambled. I'm just reaching for things and not even th I've got so many things going on in my mind. I'm finding it hard to live a normal life. And I think perhaps you might be feeling some of the same kind of strangeness in your world right now. Well, what do we do? We need to understand that our help doesn't come from where we sometimes look for it to come from. It comes from the Lord. We, uh, we need the right solution to the right problem. How do we deal with our fears? How do we deal with the confusion? We need to go to the right place. Let me read you a story from this book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson, a chap who translated the message translation of the Bible. And in writing about this psalm, he tells us a story from his own life. He says, a few years ago, I was in my backyard with my lawnmower tipped on its side. I was trying to get the blade off so that I could sharpen it. So that I could sharpen it. I had my biggest wrench attached to the nut, but I couldn't budge it. I got a four foot length of pipe and slipped it over the wrench handle to give me leverage. And I leaned on that still unsuccessfully. Next, I took a large rock and banged on the pipe. By this time, I was beginning to get emotionally involved with my lawnmower. <laughs> Any of us have, many of us can relate to this kind of thing. Then my neighbor walked over and said that he had a lawnmower like mine once, and that if he remembered correctly, the threads on the bolt went the other way. I reversed my exertions, and sure enough, the nut turned easily. Mm. The right way to do things. We can try to protect ourselves, or we can let God do it. We can try to give ourselves assurance and, and relief from our fears, or we can let God be the source of the relief for our fears. And I think that's part, at least, of what the psalm is talking about here, is let's not look to the mountains, and let's not to look to the wrong places. Let's be grateful for any protection we get from alcohol, gel, or whatever. But actually, our real help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth who's bigger than a virus, who's bigger than our fears, bigger than our problems, bigger than our financial issues, bigger than our pension problems, bigger than what are we going to do with our kids for the next five days at home when there's no school. There is a God, and he is the maker of the heavens and the earth. He is the one we can trust him. So that's our first thought is let's go to the right place. Secondly, let's talk a bit more about what God is like. What is the psalmist? How does the psalmist think about God? He says he won't let your foot slip. He watches over you. He won't slumber. 
he watches does not slumber nor sleep i wonder how much sleep you're getting at the moment well god doesn't sleep he doesn't need to you and i do of course what do we learn here he says he watches over us the word in the hebrew is shamar and that word means to exercise great care over it's rather like a mother looking after a vulnerable child you will most of us here are parents will understand this sometimes you'll you'll stay up all night watching over your child i remember when one of our children used to have night terrors and uh, when they had that night terrors you know woke us all up in the house and uh, we'd get up and perhaps sometimes penny sometimes me sometimes both of us and we'd go in and try and help our child and then we'd we'd watch over them until they got back to sleep and god's like that he knows our challenges and he knows our problems he knows how we're feeling and he's watching over us in that same same kind of way he doesn't need to be woken up yes we pray and but that doesn't that's not because god isn't paying attention not like in first kings 18 do you remember the prophets of baal uh, uh and and the conflict between or the con uh the confrontation between them and elijah and Elijah taunts the prophets of Baal because their God isn't answering them. He says in 1 Kings 18, 27, uh, shout louder, he said, surely he is a God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is asleep and must be awakened. Uh, and there's some humor, I think, in there as he taunts the prophets of Baal, not suggesting we should taunt anybody. But nonetheless, our God does not need to be woken up. He's already attentive. He's attentive. And paying attention is better than any burglar alarm he's with us all the time and more than that he's put it's personal so it's not like he's a burglar alarm like some automated thing he's personally looking after you and me he's looking after our children personally he's watching over every single one of us and every single one of the people we love he's available to them maybe you aren't available you're in a different country from your relatives and it's it's scary my parents are only in kent not that far away but still i feel very distant from them and I, I want to be with them and i need to be here and god is with them and if they turn to god or any of our friends and family turn to god and look to him for for his presence to reassure them he is there for them too we need to bear that in mind as psalm 46 verse 1 says god is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble ever present help in trouble ever present all the time 24 7 when you're conscious of that or not whether you're aware of it or not whether you are awake or not god is with you all the time and it's personal uh five times in this short psalm the psalmist references the lord the lord my help comes from the lord uh, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade. The Lord will keep you from harm. The Lord will watch over your coming and going. It is the Lord. He is with you. He is with me. So let's bear that in mind as we think about the next point. Finally, what does he do for us? So he's a great God, the maker of heaven and earth. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's with us all the time. Then what does that mean? What it means is he provides shade, at least in the context of this psalm. He watches over you. He's your shade at your right hand so that what? The sun won't harm you, nor the moon. Sun and moon. What's going on here? The sun represents heat, right? So when things are getting hot, too hot, when you're mega stressed, God is there to provide shade. I think I shared about this last week, but I don't know about you, but I feel a bit like I'm on not quite on edge all the time, but there's an undercurrent I can feel in my spirit and even in my body, an undercurrent of 
something kind of buzzing there, an undercurrent of tension, an undercurrent of perhaps an, uh, some kind of anxiety that if I'm not careful comes to dominate. I need to take this to God. I do, but I need to take it to God all the more. He is my shade. He's the one that can relieve this issue. It's not, I could do with a bit more sleep, but that's not going to fix it. I could do with, you know, getting more exercise maybe, and that might be good, but it's not going to fix it. It's God who is my shade when things get too hot. I know for a lot of us, this is a really hot time. Not sure about finances, uh, not sure about how to handle perhaps both parents working and the children being at home and their education. There's a lot, I know, it's a lot on our plate. God is our shade. He's the one we need to go to. And God is with us when it gets scary. In uh, When he talks about it, uh, the, 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 he won't harm you, the sun won't harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Of course, that's referring to the idea that, that nighttime is dangerous and the moon is associated with mental health issues, with evil spirits, and he's saying no matter what's going on in your fears, then God is with you there too. He's able to provide you with protection and shade from the, from the potential damage of fears running out of control. This is why we need our times of quiet with God. It's why we need to read our Bible at these points, folks. We need to read, listen to the podcasts and do all the other things we're doing, but let's make sure to get our Bible open. Perhaps pray through these Psalms. Uh, maybe pray through one a day or even just a verse a day. Use God's word. It provides strength and power that nothing else can. We need his shade. We need his protection. And this is where it is. The word shade is cell in Hebrew, meaning shadow. Yahweh is the shade or the source of protection for his people. Let's remember to step into the shade when it gets too hot or too scary. Now to wrap up. To wrap up, I'd like to tell you a, a couple of stories and then read one scripture, actually two scriptures, and then we'll take communion together to celebrate our wonderful God that he is our helper and he is our shade and he's with us all the time. I asked a question on Friday night. I did a part of a class for the Tenth Valley Churches of Christ, and I asked in that lesson the question, what's been better since the COVID-19 crisis began? A lot of things have been worse, and I appreciate the question, Asagi, you asked at the beginning, but also what, what's been better? I got that question from a friend of mine. It was, I didn't come up with it myself, but I thought it was an interesting question, and I asked it, and uh, there was some discussion about that in, in Thames Valley. What I want to share with you is an email I received from one member of Thames Valley who reflected on that question and then sent me an email as a response. I'm going to leave the names out just for anonymity but this is someone I know well um, in the Thames Valley Church. So let me, let me read this email to you. This person says, Hi, Malcolm. God is great. After much family praying, hundreds of phone calls and emails back and forth between me and my sister and, and our 86-year-old parents who live apart, two miles apart, after mum's horrible two weeks with the virus, and she had the virus, after those horrible two weeks with the virus culminated in an ambulance yesterday as she was panicking that she had pneumonia. Uh, her mum said, the very lovely paramedic made various tests and reassured her that she was over the virus, no longer contagious, 
and had blood oxygen levels higher than most people half her age, she was indeed just panicking. He was, however, seriously concerned for her mental health in the coming months. So we've persuaded her to move in with Dad from Monday. Good news all round. Both of them are pleased with the plan, especially as he is high risk and struggling with the lockdown too. Of course, the nurses and paramedics along this journey have all had my mum telling them that they needed to trust God in all this. What? You don't believe in him? What nonsense? You must. And such like. I just thought I'd share this little success story. Malcolm asked what had got better due to the situation. And for me, it's definitely some very real mending and bonding between the whole family. Keep safe, all of you, especially your elderly parents. Much love and God bless. I love that story. It's real. And even though there are many tough things, when you hold on to God and you pray, it's amazing what God will do. Both this person and her parents are God-fearing people. And whether people recover from the virus or not, the truth is that there are good things that God is doing, can do, and will do for those who approach him with faith, with trust, that he's got our best interests at heart. And all of this is temporary. It may last for longer than we'd like, but it is temporary. This is what God can do. We need to have, best we can, we need to have and pray for this attitude that God is going to do some good things through a time like this, because he's the one that can. Don't know how you and I are going to do it. That's not the point. God will do it, and he will do it through you and I if we keep an open mind and open eyes to what he can do. Romans 8, 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You see how this is about kind of connected to the psalm. He's with us, awake, attentive. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword? Knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So how does faith work through a time like this? Faith is taking hold of a promise like this and moving forward into the confusion without being controlled by fear. Honest about our fears but not controlled by them because we know that by faith, God will make something good from this. That is why Jesus went to the cross. He went to a place of confusion, agony, pain, death. Why? Because he trusted that God was going to make something good out of it. That's why he ended up going to the cross. By faith, he looked forward to it, we're told in Hebrews, with joy. Hard to understand that. But it's because he trusted God. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He laid down his life for you and me because he knew that God was doing something good. And the outcome will be better than the problems that he would face. He went there voluntarily because he trusted God. And our opportunity today is to decide that we will trust God like the psalmist. We won't look to the mountains. 
we'll look to the Lord. We will trust him that he's awake, attentive, and he's looking after us. And whilst bad things might happen in this life, and there's no, there's no protection from the fact that tough stuff goes on and we get hurt, nonetheless, we know that these things are achieving for, for us a, a glory far greater than what we're facing at the moment, and that we're going to be with God forever. All of this is temporary. We have Jesus as our shepherd. So as we pray now before we take bread and wine, let's reflect on the fact that we have this great shepherd. He's a wonderful shepherd. He's looking after you and me. Uh, we can move confidently into an uncertain future because we follow Jesus, who's been through that experience of trusting God to the cross to give us new life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are our shade. We thank you that you are our protection. We thank you that you, that you are our refuge, our strong tower, the one on whom we can rely. We thank you that although we feel confused and although we feel fearful and although we have our anxieties and although we feel we don't know quite where this is going and how it's going to affect us and the people we love, yet, God, we know that we're, you have, we have you with us on this journey, that with you, Father, as our shepherd, that we lack, we lack no good thing, that with Jesus as the one who laid down his life for us as a shepherd, we know that, Father, we as sheep of his fold, that we are protected. We're not protected from all harm in this life, but we're protected from evil spirits. We're protected from evil itself. We're protected from Satan's powers. We're protected from the penalty of sin. We're protected even from death in the sense that death is not the end. It is only a door to something more wonderful, being with you forever. Father, we thank you that Jesus was willing to lay down his life for us, that he trusted you enough for that. We pray you'll help us to grow in our trust of you this week to be like him. And we pray now as we take this bread and eat the bread as a reminder of the body that was broken for us, and as we drink this wine or grape juice as a symbol of the, of the blood that was shed for us, we pray, Father, you'll help us to be renewed and refreshed in our gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen.